0: Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that you would open up our minds, that we might hear you. We ask that your spirit would illuminate scripture for us today. We ask that you would take our limited human words and help us to understand your unlimited glory and grace. In the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we pray to you, O God. Amen. Our Old Testament scripture this morning comes from the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord, That I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound. And behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews on them. And flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, Thus says the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived and stood on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, These bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people, and I will bring you into the land of Israel. And you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O people. And I will put my spirit within you, and you shall live, and I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken, and I will do it, declares the Lord. Our Gospel reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 11, verses 1 through 45. Now a certain man was ill, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was ill. So the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, Let us go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, the Jews were just now seeking to stone you. And are you going there again? Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. After saying these things, he said to them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I go to awaken him. The disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will recover. Now, Jesus had spoken of his death, but they thought that he was—he meant taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. And for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. So Thomas, called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, Let us also go, that we may die with him. Now when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord. And greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, deeply moved again, and his face wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, Unbind him and let him go. Many of the Jews, therefore, who had come with Mary and had seen what he did, believed in him. This is the word of God for the people of God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God our rock and our redeemer. I love the sitcom Modern Family because the wacky, confusing, loving, silly family reminds me in many ways of my own extended family. And one of my favorite lines from this show came from the mouth of the mother of three who was traveling in Hawaii on a dream trip with her whole extended family. Someone behind a counter or another traveler, I can't remember, asked her if she was there on vacation. And she said, vacation? I am the mother of three traveling with my family. This is not a vacation. It is a business trip. And that line stuck with me because I've traveled many a time with three kids, and it's hard work. It can feel like a business trip. Yes, there are wonderful, sweet memories from all of our family vacations that I will cherish forever. And in fact, I remember those beautiful, sweet moments from our travels more than the hard moments. But I know that those hard moments happened, and I will always remember how frantic it feels at the time to be traveling with your kids. And even when it's been just Tim and I traveling without kids, our travels have had ups and downs. We have had lost luggage, language barriers, late flights, that time I fell in the river in Turkey. But we've also seen incredible sights, laughed our heads off together, and developed our own silly language of inside jokes that remind us of the places we've been. As we continue in Lent, To compare our spiritual lives to a journey, to a traveling through this world, we remember that no journey worth taking is easy. Every journey has ups and downs. We might lose some things along the way, fall in a few rivers, miss a flight or two, but we'll also meet incredible people, see things we never imagined we'd see in person, laugh our heads off, and grow into someone we never knew God meant us to be. Sometimes, we journey with people who are hard to travel with, but they are beloved family, and so we travel with them and cherish the sweet moments, putting aside the worst moments and memories. Sometimes, we journey hard and long to get to something really special. Sometimes, there are barriers in the way, And sometimes, everything seems to fall into place. Sometimes, we find ourselves in the very depths of despair and fear and awfulness and reaching out desperately to God to help us out. And this is where we drop in on the journey of Mary and Martha and their brother, Lazarus. Mary and Martha's brother is dying They are in the midst of incredible pain and grief. So they send word to Jesus. They know of the miracles he's done, and they know how much he loves their family. If anyone can rescue them from their grief and despair, if anyone can save Lazarus from this illness that is killing him, Jesus can. Jesus begins by immediately giving words of hope. When he gets word of Lazarus's illness, this illness does not end in death. Just as God gives us hope, words of hope in Scripture, Jesus gives his disciples and Lazarus's beloved ones words of hope. Now, we might well expect that Jesus would immediately pack up and head over to Bethany to heal Lazarus as soon as possible, but he rather mysteriously waits two days. The gospel doesn't tell us exactly why he waited or what he was doing while he waited, but it does tell us that his reaction confused the disciples as well as us. Jesus knew what the disciples didn't. Lazarus was going to die if he hadn't already. It isn't that Jesus waits around because he doesn't care. He waits around because he knows the end of the story. He knows where this valley of pain and despair in his friend's journey leads. It will lead to one of those sweet spots in the journey that will be remembered for ages to come as a moment in which God was glorified. And Jesus is not unfeeling about this. Several times in this passage, we are told that Jesus is moved deeply in his spirit. When he gets there, to the tomb of Lazarus, in one of the shortest, most powerful verses in all of Scripture, we read that Jesus wept. He feels our pain and grief. He knows our pain. And he also knows our destination. While I'm confident that none of us in this room have been literally physically raised from the dead after four days in a tomb, we are all offered this same sort of miracle. I hate to burst any bubbles, but none of us are perfect. In fact, most of us have screwed some serious stuff up in the course of our lifetimes. Some of us have been deeper in the depths of woe than others, but we are all in need of spiritual resurrection. And we are all granted this spiritual resurrection if we will just listen to the voice of Jesus calling us to get up and to walk out of our tombs. In Jewish tradition, the spirit leaves the body for good three days after physical death. When Jesus arrived, Lazarus had been in the tomb for four days. But even beyond what was considered the point of no return, when Jesus stood outside of the tomb and called to Lazarus, Lazarus got up and came out of that tomb. Just as Lazarus was not too far gone to be brought back to physical life by the God of the entire universe, none of us are ever too far gone to be brought back to spiritual life by the God of each person's unique and precious soul. Often this story is looked to as a foreshadowing of Jesus' resurrection, especially because it's traditionally read during Lent. And that's certainly a valid reading of this passage. But there are some very important distinctions that we need to remember between this story and the one that we will read two weeks from now on Easter morning. First of all, Lazarus died again. We would have heard about it if he hadn't. Lazarus is raised back to physical life, whereas Jesus goes straight through to the eternal. Secondly, Lazarus' death was a pretty run-of-the-mill death. He got really sick in a time before antibiotics and emergency rooms And he just died. Jesus, on the other hand, had left a trail of people who were really unsettled by what he was asking of them. He came to turn the world upside down. He turned the world upside down. And the world revolted against him. Finally, and most importantly to our focus today, when Lazarus comes out of the grave, he is still wrapped in his burial linens. When the disciples explore the empty tomb of Jesus on Easter, they find the linens left behind. Jesus leaves the grave clothes, all remembrance of death, behind. But Lazarus brings it with him. Lazarus comes miraculously out of the tomb, but he still needs his friends, his family, the people gathered around him to come help him get untangled from those grave clothes. We need one another to help us get untangled from our grave clothes. Grave clothes that hold us back. All those remnants of death and sin and our own human brokenness cling to us, stinking and rotten, holding us back tying us down, and we can't get them off alone. We have to let others help free us from them, and we have to help others get untangled as well. Untangled from grave clothes of their own sin, untangled from grave clothes of other people's sin against them. This is not an easy process. And it often involves waiting. Just as Lazarus' sisters say to Jesus, if you had just gotten here sooner, it's easy to find ourselves asking God why we weren't spared from the difficult parts of our own journey that left us wrapped in rotten, stinking grave linens. Jesus, if you had just sent this person sooner into my life to show you to me, I wouldn't have done that thing that caused so much pain. Jesus, if you'd shown up sooner in that situation, it would have been so much different. Just as it felt like Lazarus was gone for good and past the point of no return before Jesus came, it can often feel like we are, or perhaps our loved ones are, or perhaps our culture is, or perhaps the church is past the point of no return, and it will never be what it used to be. We will never be what we used to be. They will never be what they used to be. But that thinking has one big hole in it. It assumes that return to life means return to before. It assumes that our idea of life and God's are one and the same. I can assure you that Lazarus' life was not the same after this resurrection as it was before. If you keep reading beyond this in John's Gospel... You find that some people report back to the bigwigs in Jerusalem about this and people start plotting not only to kill Jesus, but to kill Lazarus as well. Things are certainly not the same after something miraculous. Pre-dying Lazarus is not the same person as post-miracle Lazarus. His life is completely turned around, changed forever. If we are waiting for Jesus to return us from the depths of our despair or from our spiritual death to the way things were before that, we're going to be waiting forever, sitting around in our tombs bound up by our grave clothes. Jesus is constantly pushing us forward and calling us out of the grave so that we can keep on the forward motion of our journey. It's important for us to remember our own call from out of the grave. It keeps us humble. It keeps us focused. It keeps us leaning away from the tendency to judge others and their places of death and woe and leads us to remember the power of resurrection. This story, this reminder of the power of Jesus extends beyond our own lives and bleeds into all the world around us. Veronica Miles says that resurrection confronts us as an urgent call beckoning us to consider the possibility that those whom our world deems socially, physically, spiritually, and emotionally dead might live into a new reality. We pray for the power of resurrection in the lives of persons and communities bound by the grave clothes of war, genocide, poverty, disease, dis-ease, systematic abuse, and systemic oppression. Resurrection is about so much more than any individual. And it's about so much more than some abstract tomorrow that happens after our physical death. It's more than heaven someday. Surely it does give us the promise of life beyond this broken world, But it also gives us the promise of powerful life here and now while still in this broken world. So today as we celebrate communion, we remember that invitation to come out of the tomb, to help unbind one another from the grave clothes of our former lives, to move forward into communion with God and with one another. As we approach the day on which we celebrate Jesus' resurrection, which ended the power of death once and for all, we remember our own resurrections from the depths of sin and sorrow into the light of abundant life with Jesus. May the blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen.